Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce Podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is the daughter of Bishop Dyke-Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denomination, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dyke-Heward Mills Ministry. Traveled extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry related books by Bishop Dyson to the nation. He's the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Amen. Last week we learned about. Serpents being able to overcome handicaps. I don't know what we are going to be taught this week, but I can assure you that it is the word for you and me. The Bible says that he sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So I don't know who you are seated here. I want to assure you that today's word is your is bringing your healing and is setting you free. So put your hands together, stand to your feet, and let's welcome our pastor, our mother, the anointed that God has sent. standing for a moment, lift up your hands, two hands to the Lord, and say that, Lord, what you have to say to me today, let me hear it. Let my ears be open. Let my spirit be alive. Lord, speak your word to me. For a moment, just talk to him. Many of you came in so late that you couldn't benefit from the praise and worship, and so you just want to take a few minutes to connect before we go into the way. Talk to him for a Talk to him for Talk to him for Talk to him for a few minutes. Is the hamatan that has entered your spirit, 
or whether your fingers are suspensively, you are feeling cold, or whether it's tea you didn't drink this morning, but find your spirit and lift up the song and sing it as if it's a worthy God you are reaching out to. Come on, let's go. By human hands. It's so slow, I feel like we're dying. and you stand with us and you are unstoppable in blessing us. We are grateful. This morning we ask that your word will meet soft hearts, O oh God. Speak to us, to us, O oh God, and may we never be the same again. Amen and amen. amen. Take your feet. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Powerful. Amen. Well, it's another Sunday. Amen. Oh, are you awake? Hallelujah. Now, this service begins at 7.30 on the dot. Please turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you have a clock? Do you have a watch? Okay, so please take note. 7.30 we begin. It's not that 7.30 you climb out of your bed. We're starting at 7.30 and we believe God. We close at 9.30. If we're late, we're done by 10. Is it okay? Is it okay? Powerful. So that you understand that that's how things work. So those of you who want to dance, those of you who want to do the film, those, the choir hasn't sung. It's not that they don't have a song. It's that only half of them are here. That's what the problem is. Yeah. And the other half are coming, isn't it? And you have called them, uh-huh. so they are coming. Please make them buy you lunch for making you wake up late and come and sit down and they are not here. 
Amen. So as for coming, they will come. It's whether they will come on time. But we need to just pull ourselves together. Speed is one of the things that makes you a winner in life. I am yet to meet a slow person who is doing well. Who has won a race by being slow? I'm asking who's won a race by being slow. Uh-huh. Are you there? Yeah. When a baby is being delivered and the thing is slow, the baby can easily not come. It's true. The baby can easily die. Easily. Easily. Yeah. So you must know that some things in this life, you need speed. And you just wake up on Sunday morning and you get it done. And if you are the type who cannot, that's why there's another service at 10.30. I, I hope you get it. Yeah. So don't say you are coming to 7.30 service. They arrive at 9.15. What's the point? Please ask your neighbor. Okay. No, no. Tell your neighbor. They haven't come. Those we should be asking. When they arrive, we'll ask them. Okay. We've been talking about a number of things. Now, before I forget, um, we have another week. This coming week is the second week of our fast. How many of you fasted and you prayed? You tried to be at some meeting. Were you blessed for coming? We're going to try in the next week as well. Let me just say one thing to you. Don't use your cause on us as an excuse. There's no cause we have not seen. Amen. I said, Amen. Good. Thank you very much. So just do your best. If you are the type whose course ends at, your classes end at 7, that's why there's a dawn prayer. You go online and you join it. I hope you are getting me. And then you are the type who start a little late, I mean a little early. You are done. 5.30, we are here in the room. But whatever you do, take part. Amen. Fasting without praying is equal to salvation salvation and it is of no spiritual value at all. So it's the prayer you add to it that is needed. And that's why we're trying to make a way so that you can get something. Is this a good idea? I don't know why you are pecked on that edge because you are dancing. Because these chairs that are empty are not making me happy in life. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you very much. Good. Are you there? So just try and, and be part be part of it. Nice, nice, nice. That's good. Thank you. That's why I dance this speech. It, it's working. Okay. Now, I also am happy to tell you that this coming Friday, what will be the date? Friday's date is what? I can't hear. It's what? 29th. 29th. Okay. Friday, this Friday, we have an, another all night. And... Yeah. I think the past Friday we had a very good all night and we have another one coming up and this particular it was a prophetic all night but I also have a very nice brother in the ministry who is actually he's actually one of my mentors in the prophetic he's a son of Bishop Dikewood Mills his name is Prophet Micaiah he's going to be here Friday the 29th to take us through an all night Amen if I were you, I would not miss it for anything. Not for a jam, not for... What again? Not for anything. Tell them not for anything. Yeah, not for anything. One of the things I love most about him is his accuracy. Dead on point. Dead on point. The proof of a prophet is, according to the Bible, is whether what he says comes to pass. And I have... He's been my friend for some time, and I can tell you that his accuracy is unbelievable. So if I were you, I would be here for a night like that. I am saying it in the service because we may not advertise it the way we normally get information out. And the reason is very simple. 
He's a very well-known man in Kumasi. If we advertise it, you will not get a place to sit in this church. I think you get me. And he's coming because of who? Tell everybody, he's coming because of... He's coming because of who? Aha. Uh-huh. So, because of that, we may not put them... We may not put the message out in the same way. Amen? It's like, I'm mother, I've cooked my food for my children to come and eat. Then, visitors descend, and then the visitors have eaten. Then when the children come... They don't get anything. I don't think it is good. Is it good? I don't think it's good. Yeah. So that is the reason why. So if you don't see a flyer until maybe Friday afternoon, there's a reason. Just to remind you. Are you getting it? So that if I put it out, I tell you, I tell you, the place will be too full for us. And I want you to be blessed. Amen. Now, we've been talking about being wise as a serpent. And I believe that um, there's much that there is to be gained from it. Let's go to our scripture, our foundational scripture in Matthew chapter 10, in verse 16. This is where we began this whole semester from. And there's so much more to learn here. We will not finish it, but we'll get to a point. Jesus was speaking. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. I'm very sure in the past couple of weeks, some of you have met a number of wolves. Hey, you went to pay your room money to somebody not knowing that it was a wolf. No, it's true. Somebody has absconded with about, was it 100,000? 100,000 Ghana cities worth of people's hostel money. They didn't know they were paying to a wolf. May it not be your portion. Are you there? Yeah. Some of you have already seen some kind people who have been coming around your room and you're wondering that, ah, don't like these kind of people around. You're not even sure why. You are just not easy. Some of them are wolves. And Jesus gave us two things to do. He says, be wise as a serpent. Be harmless as a dove. In order to survive amidst these kind of people. So we've been on this for a few weeks, a couple of weeks. First, we looked at the characteristics of the snake that is making Jesus say that they are wise. And the first, we talked about them having inner power. I hope you are building up your inner power. Amen? And I shared with you so many things you can do to um, improve your inner power. And invest in your spirit. It will keep you. It will keep you. Nowadays you have so much available that you don't pay for. Bishop Dag's podcast has daily messages put there that will help you. And everything that I preach here is also on my own podcast. You will help me find something that will help you. Your Bible is there. Always have a quiet time. Amen? This prayer time that we're having is for you. Tell your neighbor, it's for you. It's for you. Yeah. I really believe God that you will do well. Amen? I said, I'm believing God that what? Hey, that you will do well. But it begins from your spirit. From your spirit. From your heart. You know, the center of you. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For from it are the issues of life. So you think the issues of life are from your family, your family name, or the money that you have. But the Bible says no, it's from inside there somewhere. Amen. And that's what I'm saying to you. Try and develop it. Or we spoke about it. And I'm sure we'll come back there, I mean, at the point. And then we moved on to another one. Said the ma- snakes are masters of, at overcoming handicaps. Isn't that where we were last week? And I am sure you were surprised at some of the handicaps that the snake has. No legs, no arms. That's why you knew. But did you know that they are also deaf? They can't hear. And so you wonder, how do they know when you are coming close? They use something else. 
I also shared with you that they don't see well. They can't see. So that one too, they sense it's the sensor they use. They have to sense their way to knowing what is going on. And I shared this with you last week. I said that a handicap is something that severely limits you. It's something that makes you different from others. It's something that is a disadvantage and it makes success more difficult. Are you there? A physical thing, a social thing that makes participation in life more difficult. There are people who cannot be in a crowd. It's a handicap. It's a handicap because when you're in the classroom, cry, you're in the crowd. Sometimes in your room, cry, you're in a crowd. When you came to the room, you were supposed to be four, but now you are six. Just said there's nowhere to move. Are you there? You are like a prisoner. When you come into your room, now you have to be on your bed. You see? And it's a limitation and it makes things difficult. And I believe we spoke about some of the things that are handicaps in life. You know, your usefulness can be a handicap. Yeah. You're at the strongest time of your life and the most beautiful, but it's also the most foolish. Yeah. You know, when you were young, your father was everything. Then you've gotten to the stage where, Charlie, you are bigger than your dad, stronger than him. Your father has a wife if you have girls. Your father has a beard if you have a beard. Your father has muscles. Your muscles are stronger. I mean, at that point, you are even calling him old man because you don't believe in him. It's like, oh my, doesn't know a lot. <laughs> and at that point, your usefulness can make you trip. You see? Your usefulness can make you trip. What you think you know that you don't really know. You know? And so today, I'm going to take off from this point. I was going to go to another point. But somehow I felt the Holy Spirit pull me back on this. And I want to share with you five principles for overcoming handicaps. A principle is something to guide you, to help you on your way. Five principles for overcoming handicaps. How do you overcome handicaps? Now, handicaps are something that we all have. I'll come to that. But the first principle, the first guiding principle, and maybe the strongest one, is for you to assume the stance of an overcomer. Assume the stance or take the position or stand or place yourself in a position of an overcomer. When somebody is losing, they have a way, they have a stance. A stance is how you position yourself. And the best example that I can find out, even I can give you, even though I am no friend of the sport, is boxing. Yes. Boxing. Because boxing is the, the one sport that it, it demonstrated so clearly. When a boxer is learning, they'll tell you that he must learn to have a stance, a way of standing. In fact, I remember reading somewhere that they say that stance maketh the boxer. How he stands, how he positions himself. Are you here? Sometimes you position yourself in such a way that you lose. For instance, the Bible says of a woman that she is the weaker vessel. But if you take a stance that I am, the, I am weak, I cannot. You'll be over right now. Yeah, you'll be over right now. Here you are, girl, you have gone to do engineering. You're in the engineering class and your stance, I can't. So you have already taken a position, oh, the guy should do the practical. You are certain. I don't know why you chose that course in the first place. 
The church is very quiet. But what I'm saying is very true. You are going to say you are going to do quantity surveying. Quantity surveying, we walk. We don't wear heels. We walk. That's a job. We walk. So take the stance. I'm walking. Hey. Today is going to be interesting. <laughs> Why is the stance of a boxer important? Now, here is somebody. He's going to have to give blow for blow. If he, depending on how he stands, he will have power to do what he wants to do. If he stands in such a way that his chest is, ah, to beat him. Because you have given a broad area to be hit. Uh, please, do I have anybody? Do I have anyone here who likes boxing? Just wave at me small. You wave at me. Bernard, are you sure? Bernard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't believe him. <laughs> please come, because maybe you can demonstrate what I want. Demonstrate. <laughs> So please, what stance would you adopt? You are going to box somebody. So, oh, mommy theory, so. Mm. Uh-huh. So he goes like this. Now, assuming that, have you noticed that he has brought his chest in? If he didn't do that and he widened out, what will happen? There's more space to hit. So he becomes as tight as he can be. Have you also noticed that the hands are up? If the hands were lowered down or the chin was further up, what would happen? Direct. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll be writing right now. Gone too soon. Because the blows that this face will collect. Are you there? Okay, what again what can you share with us? Then how you stand. The front leg should be on the ground and then the back leg should be said that you're on the balls of your feet so that you can move around that you can move through your own movement because if not you can't defend yourself if possible you use it to go forward if it's not working you can come back with but if you have now he's about to you what you can't trip him for hey your enemy will have a field day so even before you strike a blow you have taken a stance and this stance will determine today whether you are going to overcome or not. Amen. Have you noticed that when a boxer is losing, his stance begins to change? What begins to happen? Okay. When you are losing, they will lose confidence. You lose confidence. So what happens? The movement becomes slower. And then become slow. And here, the slow ones. I hope you are hearing. Okay. And then you see that the opponent begins to hit at them more. So the opponent will get more chances to hit them. The opponent gets more chances. Ask somebody with a handicap. If you do not take the right stance, even before the fight begins, your enemy can see that you are overcome. He can already see you. I mean, here you are. You have exposed your chest. Your hands are behind your back. Is it not a free slap or two you collect? Are you there? Your stance 
will begin with determination. So the first principle you need if you are to overcome the handicaps of your life is your stance. Thank you. Let's go to the Bible. Before you go back to your house and say, Sunday, then they didn't open the Bible. They only taught us boxing lessons. Not knowing there was some boxer being in the church and they brought the boxer to come and be explaining to us. Please. <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> Turn your Bible with me to First Samuel chapter 17. I'm talking about handicaps. I'm saying that if you are to overcome, your stance is so important. Let's go to First Samuel chapter 17. This is the famous chapter where David and Goliath were about to fight. Verse 33. Now David had managed to get to the place where Goliath had been tormenting and taunting and um, frightening the people of God. Everybody was afraid of him. He will come and roar and all the army will be running backwards. And it was in this situation that David arrived there. And he wanted to go and fight. Now verse 33. Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Are you with me? Right here, Saul tells us David's handicap. Didn't I start by saying sometimes your youthfulness is your handicap? He pointed out to him that you are but a boy. You are a young boy. And this man you are going to fight. He, from the time he was young till now that he's grown, he's been a warrior. In, in other words, he has more strength than you. He is more skilled than you. He knows much more than you. You are a young boy and you don't know anything. But let us watch the answer David gives now shows you his stance. From verse 34, he says, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. What are we saying here? The Bible says that Saul pointed out to him that you are unable, you are handicapped, you cannot do. And this morning I'm speaking to some people, some of you may feel that I cannot do, I have a handicap, there are things I cannot do. And there are some of us who walk around in this life, even your face shows your lack of confidence. Even the way you walk shows your lack of confidence. But when David got to Saul 
and he was pointed to his handicap. He did not attempt to say that what you are saying is not true because what Saul was saying was true. Yes, young lady, it is true, won't you say? Yes, gentlemen, you have no muscles that can be counted. Yes, it is true, you are too short. Yes, it is true that your family doesn't have a name. In fact, your uncles are armed robbers and your father, you don't know where he is of late. Yes, it is true. No, the handicap is there. But what did he say? He took a stand. And his stand was that, you know, I may be nothing, but I have a God who does not change. I have a God who does not shake. I have a God upon whom I can depend. One day I was walking, I met a bear. Depending on that God, I flew him. One day I was walking, I met a lion. And by depending on that God, I flew him. And so therefore today, as I face this Goliath, one thing I am sure about, that that same God who helped me to flow, to, to kill the bear, that same God who helped me to kill the lion is the same God who will take down this one. He had a stance. What is your stance? Many of us, when we have a handicap, we are in and out. Today you believe God, tomorrow you don't. Today you have faith in God, tomorrow you don't. That's why you consider killing yourself over something as useless as a failed exam. You failed an exam. We do. Anyway, in this church, we don't fail exams. <laughs> the way we pray, it's not easy to fail an exam. Because the prayers include foolish people who didn't learn. No, it's true. I actually pray and I say, Lord, forgive me my foolishness that I did. The foolish ones who didn't learn, forgive them. Forgive them. And let your mercy. So it's not easy. But when you are half in, half out, you have a problem. Take a stand today. Take a what? Take a stand today. About who you believe. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? That's your stand. David, that was his stand. That was his. Uh, Master, come and do the stand for me again, please. Before they start laughing at me, my handicap is I can't do boxer stand. <laughs> do the stand for us. Charlie, as I've taken, my stand is that I have a God. He doesn't change. That's my stand. My stand is that I belong to him because I gave my life to Jesus long ago. My stand is that the Holy Ghost is with me. My stand is that I am surrounded by angels. My stand is that I don't walk alone. My stand is that I have a defense. My stand is that the blood of Jesus is active for me. My stand is that the words of my mouth are powerful. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you. Amen. What is your stand? Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things. That was his stand through Christ. Not by myself, through Christ. I can do all things. And it is the most important stand. Are you there? Hey, are you there or you are quiet again? Yeah. The stance maketh the boxer. 
The stance maketh the snake. The stance will make you. Principle number two. We're talking about how to overcome handicaps. How to overcome them. Principle number two. Understand that everybody has a handicap. Everybody. One of the commonest lies of the devil is that only you. That's one of his commonest lies. Only you. Only you can play an instrument. Only you. No, it's true. It's one, how many of you, the thing that you, 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 is your weakness, you think if you have thought before, it's only you. Let me see your hand. You have thought before. Yeah. The rest of you with your hands down, either you don't understand the message or you are lying. There are only two options. <laughs> because everybody feels that they are alone. I'm the only one whose face is black like midnight. Everybody around me is fair colored. Is it true? Look at the number of black bitches in the room. Well, just take a look. Yeah, just take a look. But he'll tell you that you, this is your color. Ah. A woman said, people are black now. So what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen come out Have you seen that? I have a son, my first son, when he was born. <laughs> my husband is dark. And usually babies are born what? Yeah, then they become dark. My first son, when he was born, he was darker than his father. <laughs> a very rare, <laughs> a very rare accomplishment. <laughs> we have pictures where his father would just come out of happiness. He would take, let's say, the baby's leg or something. Then he would put his own there and take a picture. <laughs> Midnight. Midnight. I'll get back to that. Are you here? So his lie is that it's only you. Let's read the Bible. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Not only you. Many are the afflictions. The thing doing you is that many. Many. But the Lord delivers him. You see, no, he's giving you a stance out of them all. 2 Timothy 3.12 For those of you who insist that it must be in the New Testament before you believe it. And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Maybe the hell. Something will disturb you. By all means, everybody has a handicap. Everyone. Are you there? That's number two. Number three. Accept it. Accept your weakness. Accept your handicap. Embrace your handicap. A handicap is something you cannot easily change. Accept it. Your blood face, you are bleaching it. Hey, we beg you, don't, don't do that. Accept it. <laughs> Accept it. This is how I was born. All bleachers in the house, stop. Just stop. Yeah, just stop. Yeah, just stop. Amen. Those of you who are drinking things to lose weight, stop. Stop. <laughs> Just tell yourself that I belong to my pastor's company. If we were to be sharing companies of handicaps, you would have been in my company. So don't worry. I don't want to be as fast as It's true. But that's your handicap. No, you see, we're talking about the ones you cannot easily change. They don't change. I am yet to meet a snake with legs. 
as soon as a creature looking like a snake has legs, we call it a different name. It's something else. But a snake, it has no legs. So those are the things we're talking about this morning. You can't easily change them. You can't easily change them. And I'm saying you can't change them. Accept them. In fact, embrace them. Second Corinthians 12. Verse 10. This is Paul talking about his handicaps. He gives it another name. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. As he was moving around, he realized that he couldn't help some things. He decided, let me just embrace them. Let me take it like that. Not let me take it like that, then I'm crying. No. I've embraced it. Today, I want you to embrace who you are. Embrace how you are. Yeah, embrace it. You see, when you embrace it, that's when you will now see something else that we're going to talk about. Are you here? After you have embraced it, the next point, turn it to your advantage. Turn it to your advantage. For every handicap, there is a compensation. Every single handicap, there's a compensation. What is the compensation of the snake? It has no legs. It, it is one of the fastest movers on earth. That's why when you see one, you run. And if you are not fortunate and it's a black mamba, it can chase you. And it can outrun you. Every handicap that you have, there's an advantage. You say what? You are very dark. Uh, please walk around and look at the faces of all friends who are black like you. And you will discover that the very dark people, they don't have some of the skin issues of the fairer ones. <coughs> they don't have it. These your pimples, pimples, my pomades, they don't have it. They don't have it. Every second, but when you get there, you see this cream, this tube, this soap, this, 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 this black people. They don't have, hey, they don't have it. Mm. Are you there? That's my black baby I was talking about. To make it worse, he was born in a white man's country. So, all the babies were white. If they had small color, they were Indian. Or they were, but they were white. But he had a compensation. You want to know the compensation? Hey, you are very quiet on me on this side. Hello. Are you awake? Oh, wait, but me so I know you are awake. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. He was an extremely handsome baby. Oh, yes. I would be looking for him, and I'll have to chase the nurses. A nurse is working, and she has just hooked the baby, and is working around doing her work. And when I saw I said, oh, sorry, I haven't seen such a beautiful baby in my life. So I was just, yeah. Yeah. That was his compensation. So, are you there? <laughs> the news went around the campus. I was, I was just finishing my master's at the time. That time, some fine black baby has been born. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be in my house, <laughs> minding my own business. Now, in that country, they have a law that, or not a law, a culture. When you're going to visit a new baby, you must bring what? A gift. They, people I knew, people I didn't know, 
classmates, associates, whatever. Everybody is coming to visit because of this beautiful black baby. As they are coming, chef, pampers, trousers, clothing. About two years of clothing. Yeah. I said there is a compensation for what is your handicap. Yeah. Oh, Pastor, being black, is it a handicap? You ask those who are dark. They have been made to feel so. Is it true or is it not true? They'll be teased. They'll be laughed at. They'll take pictures with others. They alone, their face will not show. Because when they do the settings for everybody else, <laughs> it's such that the dark ones, their face doesn't show. They will tell you that it's only your teeth we can see. <laughs> Are you in the house? I'm saying to you that I don't know your handicap. But it is when you embrace your handicap. That's when you discover that you have another advantage somewhere. Use that advantage. I said what? Use that advantage. Use it. I've been watching and see some of these black Americans who are so large. I wonder how they sit in a plane. Many of them. The voice capacity and range they have. It's like a barrel. The smaller singers don't have it. That's their advantage. And they use it, they'll be screaming and you can't hear the song because you have to. <laughs> every handicap you have, every handicap, you have an advantage. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Yeah, you have an advantage. But the reason you haven't seen the advantage is that you are spending too much time crying about the handicap. The snake has not yet sent an emergency message to God. He is busy thriving with his handicap. That's why he can sit into places you will never know he's there. He has got free accommodation with you <laughs> in your house that you don't even know. Hallelujah. You are here, you are saying you are not beautiful. But maybe you are eloquent. The doors that beauty will not open, your eloquence will open it. You see, now you are even wondering what is eloquence. Quite look for a dictionary. <laughs> Amen. Are you here? You are saying that me, dear, I come from a poor home. And you are so occupied by that. But you don't know that because of where you came from, you have some resilience and capacity. Yeah, resilience. Like that. Things don't easily shake you. I know some people, they can live on almost nothing. It has become their blessing. Because you, you need money to survive. Say yes. With money, oh. Without money, oh. Yeah. Do you know that some snakes eat once a year? When they finish eating, the next year, <laughs> that's the day move. Yeah. And I know people like that. Some of you, if you don't have money, you are like me, you go mad. If you don't have money, now you are confused. You are crying. But these people, what am I going to do? But these people, they are just there, solid like something. You don't even know they don't have money. It's a compensation. I said it's an advantage to be able to live without anything. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm talking to somebody today. So you thought it was the negative thing. Not knowing that there's an advantage in it. 
Because if you can control your expenditure, you'll be wealthy one day. Yes. Many poor people, it's because they eat everything. You want to know the difference between the rich and the poor? It's not money, it's eating. I'm talking to some people this morning. Some of you, as soon as you have money, is it chicken, chicken money? As soon as you have it, no, no, you do the chicken man today, then tomorrow you do the pizza man, then the next day you do I pick up. You never have money. Yeah. After all, there are two ways to fill your bank account. One is to put a lot in. The other way is to put nothing out. And these people can live with nothing. Oh yeah, I've met a few of them. They can live with nothing. They're always adding. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. I have one. How many points have I given you? Point number one is what? Your stance. Number two. I understand that. Everyone has a handicap. Number three. Accept your handicap. Number four. Turn it to your advantage. And the last one, number five. Receive supernatural strength for your particular handicap. Receive supernatural strength for your particular handicap. Are you in the house? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, remember that Paul has told us many things about his handicaps and his issues. In verse 8 he says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that he might depart from him. He now had a handicap and he had begged God, remove it from me, remove it. It wasn't going anywhere. Then he says in verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When you have accepted your, your, your handicap, when you have begun to see your advantage, you also receive a certain supernatural strength to be able to do well in spite of the handicap that you have. I want to close by sharing a very short story. Short but true. If I follow the story, it become long. But, there is a friend of mine who, you see, when you have a handicap you were born with, you adjust to it a bit easier than the ones that come to you on the way, on your way in life. You have to now adapt. This beautiful lady that I met when I was in Tamale with my family, she was, even then she wasn't well, but she was working. And she lived with a chronic illness for about 23 years. But in spite of the illness, she did everything she wanted to do. She was a major Christian. She would do what she could do in the house of God. Every birthday, we remember her birthday because she'll find the, heart, the largest heart she could find and wear it to church. And she'll come and sit down. When you look at her, yeah, the devil lost again, meaning that she's lived another year. But a time came when the illness had now gotten to a point where they said, we have to do a lung transplantation. Transplant. So, by this time, she and her family were living outside. She was a mother of two children. She has a husband. So she went to do her lung transplant. Now, all through the years, one of the things that had happened was that as she had lived with this chronic illness, remember I told you it's a handicap. You want to do things. 
But you have a handicap. She had learned to use the scripture to her advantage. She's the one person I know who could quote the scriptures by the chapter, one after the other. The wilder the sickness, the more the scripture quoting. The wilder the sickness, the more the scripture quoting. However, God had not healed her, but she was still alive. Some of you by this time you say, I've been praying, ah, this 10, 15 years, you have not minded me, I won't follow you again. No. <laughs> she was stable. So we were here. And we got a call from my husband. One day. I still remember where I was standing when I got the call. And the, the, her husband said, they have found a set of lungs. She's on her way into surgery. I remember I saw what I was doing. I went to look for my husband. We started to pray. For about six weeks, we heard nothing. And we wondered, what are you, are you either alive or you are dead? Or they said that she's in a coma. Medically induced. When she came out of the coma and it was deliberate, they do it so that your body doesn't react to all kinds of things, whatever. Not knowing that in addition to the planting of, the, I mean, the change of the lungs, issues had arisen. The long and short of it was that when she woke up out of the coma, they had amputated her two legs above the knees. Imagine that you have slept with your legs and you have woken up without your legs. What would you do? I'm asking what you do. What you do? <laughs> Are you here? In the meantime, myself and Lady Ever will be here. We, say, ah, we have not heard from these people. We have not heard from these people. We didn't know what had gone on. And one day, I was in the office and I got an email. And when I opened the email, you see, for how I many she had been housebound before the lung thing. She had been stuck in the house because she had to be on oxygen all the time. She had been stuck in the house for about three years. And in those three years, she had developed a way of sharing the gospel by using computer, whatever. Emails, whatever. I opened the computer one day, the laptop one day. Opened my email. And there was a message in red. I am back. So I started to rejoice. that, oh, she's okay. Then I started to read the letter. And in the letter, she described how she woke up without her legs. Me, I started crying. And I called this my friend, she was worse than me. She just started wailing. I was only crying. But do you know something? This my friend who had lived with lung issues. That was her handicap. Now the lung issue has been resolved. But the issue she now has is that no legs. I'm happy to inform you that she embraced her new handicap. Today, Auntie Irene has flown more kilometers preaching the gospel on two legs that she has bought, more than when she had her own. She has turned it fully to her advantage. Her faith has not moved at all. If anything at all, she came to preach to us. And we rather... I remember she was sitting on, this, uh, on the stage and she was laughing at us. After preaching, sharing gospel, then she sat down. And she removed her legs. We thought we were going to die in the church. <laughs> Not only that, but she has used it. Every year, she raises funds. And the funds are used to buy prosthetic legs, artificial legs, for other people who she thinks are less privileged than herself. In other words, she thinks, God has done me good. Where I am, I even have legs. Let me find some young lady, young woman, 
young man, somebody who needs, ask my friends, bring money. And then she put the picture. They are working now. They are working now. They are working now. What is your handicap? What is your handicap? What is your handicap? Embrace it. Take your stance. Find your advantage. And start moving. Stand to your feet this morning. Stand to your feet this morning. Some of you need to start repenting and saying, Lord, I'm sorry for all the insults I've been insulting you. Forgive me for saying that I am this and I am that. Forgive me. And talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Let some strength enter into your spirit this morning. Thank God for that handicap which has made you the person that you are. Thank Him for the advantages that you are about to see. When I discovered that I was not going to be as pretty and petite as my friends, I discovered that I could talk more than they could. And all my life, it is talking that has been my blessing. What is your advantage? You clearly have one. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Thank Him. Thank Him. Tell Him that you will not doubt Him again. And rather, look for the supernatural strength. Supernatural strength. That's going to keep you going. Because you're going to do well in this life. You're going to do well in this life. You're going to triumph in this life. You're going to rise up above your peers. You're going to rise up above your family members. You're going to do better. You're going to go further. You're going to do more. It is going to be well with you. But take your stance today. A stance for Jesus. And decide that it's because my God has not changed. Because of him, I've taken on the bear and I have survived. I've taken on the lion and I have survived. Now I'm in this place. I will take on the next difficulty and I will survive. Lift up your voice this morning and thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Something marvelous is coming out of you. Something is happening to you. As you have come out of this temple, you will be a voice that will be heard. You're going to travel miles. You're going to have your influence in different places. But take your stance. Take your stance. Take your stance. It depends on God. It depends on God. It depends on God. Thank him. Thank him. Oh, Jesus. He's making something new out of you. Thank him. Yeah, what him have to do?
the one who gave his life for you to remove the handicaps of fallen man and to give us the right to speak to the Lord face to face. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. You are here, you want to give your life to this Jesus. You want to overcome that one unovercomable handicap by giving your life to him. Lift up your right hand where you are standing. Just lift it. God bless you. I see your hands all over the room. God bless you. Please, take a step. Come to me. We're going to pray together. Come right out of where you are. He's changing your future as you come. Oh yes, as you come, this song is yours. Because he's changing your name. And he's changing your future. What is the Just come. Come from where you are. Come from where you are. I see you. Just come. Don't think so much about who you came with. Just come yourself. Hold me. Just come. Instagram and Twitter at FOLCIDS. God will receive less.